Welcome to A Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balma. So what happens when voters approve a ballot measure that's against the law? Well, it ends up in court, often overturned, which then frustrates the voters who passed it. Huntington Beach has a ballot measure that looks illegal, it looks outside their authority, and it also looks convoluted to implement, and I'm not sure what'll happen. So one of the former city commissioners in Huntington Beach, Mark Bixby, challenged the measure in court to remove it before the voters passed an illegal measure. So today we talk with his lawyer and, and return guest to the podcast, Lee Fink. We're going to talk about that court challenge and why council members put it on the ballot in the first place, as always, with a conversation with Lee. It's a great conversation and I learned a lot and I think you will too. So let's get started. So welcome to Slice of Orange. Um, voters in Huntington Beach are going to see three ballot measures on the March ballot and one confuses me, seems to be outside the jurisdiction of, uh, of the city because the elections are handled by the County of Orange. Um, so I wanted to talk to somebody who knows more about this case and who better to talk to than the lawyer who testified in court on it. So Lee Fink, welcome. Thank you, Jody. A pleasure to be back with you and yeah. talking about Huntington Beach. Yes, I was, I was pleased to see a familiar name in, in, in the news report about it. So thank you. Unfortunately, I'd say that uh, for a lawyer, Huntington Beach presents a lot of possibilities because I think that the city is doing a lot of things that it shouldn't be doing. And this is just one of them. Right. And, and unfortunately, I, I'm not even sure what problem they're trying to solve. So usually when you have local ballot measures, there's a concrete problem that needs to be solved and you run into a legal barrier where the city doesn't have the authority to do so. And so you have to go and ask the voters for that authority. We've seen that before on local ballot measures. We've seen, you know, requests to expand authority beyond what they had had before. Um, and, and the one that we're going to really concentrate is the first one, which is about these changes to the elections. The second one is, you know, the red meat cultural wedge issue of what flags can fly. Um, and, and then the third we'll, we'll talk briefly about, but it just seems to be, again, a procedural fix to budgets and, and, and that. And, and I'll put the link for those who are really interested in it. But the one that, that has gotten all of the attention is this question of starting in 2026, if this measure passed, municipal elections electing their city council uh, members would change for voters in Huntington Beach. So let's start first with, is there a problem that needs to be solved in Huntington Beach? Do, do yeah. I don't see there, any there, evidence of voter fraud, voter impersonation. We have study after study that shows that it is not true, that there are these big myths. But is there a problem in Huntington Beach? Let's start there. No. And, and nobody has even tried to find out if there is a problem in Huntington Beach. The problem that exists, it's a political problem for the four council member majorities because they have cultivated a base of voters who are convinced of the big lie. They're convinced of a set of facts that is uh, decidedly untrue and has consistently been proven to be untrue. And you saw that we're just a few days after the Iowa caucuses. If you saw the entrance polls into the Republican caucuses, something like 65% of Iowa Republicans who are caucusing. Now that's a special group for sure. sure. But a huge part of the those- The smallest of the small. Right, uh, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, 
But six, 60, I think it was 65% said that Joe Biden was not legitimately elected president. And that is, uh, we've been living with the big lie for four years. And really, it, it, it was set prior to that when Donald right. Trump, um, having lost the popular vote, still complained about that because he realized his political legitimacy was, was limited in, in his case. And he started laying the foundation to undermine the 2020 election. And now that has become a matter of gospel. So when you have turned an entire um, voting block mm-hmm. into believing that there is this problem, you, you better do something about it. And, um, and there's another reality, which is I think that it's being used to um, uh, advance the political careers of those who are involved. Um, I think everybody thinks that Tony Strickland, who used to be in the legislature up from Moreno Valley, um, hopes to perhaps return to the legislature if Janet mm-hmm. Wynn is elected to the Board of Supervisors or uh, you know seek higher uh, office within the Republican ranks. I think Michael Gates is um, a very ambitious fellow. Oh. He was actually recorded when Donald Trump was here in Orange County a, a little while ago. He made a comment to Donald Trump saying, "In Huntington Beach, we're." Going to pass a voter ID law just to make sure all this, and it gets a room full of applause and and conversation from Donald Trump. And um, and so that's what is motivating. The irony here is that let's assume there is a problem. People have claimed uh, that there are two sets of problems. Neither of them exist. But one is uh, absentee ballots, as we used to call them back in the day, vote by mail ballots, right? Where you get them, you put them in the mail. Or you put them in a local Dropbox. People claim, oh, there's no security over that. There's, there's actually just no evidence record of um, a- any problems coming from that. Because the, the Postal Service delivers the mail. They get in. Nobody is, is delving through through uh, mailboxes for those. Those are pretty good. Um, and and particularly, I just want to amplify what you're saying. Because particularly in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Our drop boxes are incredibly secure. You know, former uh, registrar of voters, Neil Kelly, now Bob Page has taken over and continued that. You know, we have some of the best security measures. We were a pilot program. Oh, yeah. Our drop boxes are, you know, bar none, the best in the country. And, and I would encourage uh, any listeners who hear this and wonder, go to a drop box. There's one that's going to be near you and yes. look at it for a couple of minutes. Those things are heavy. They are like bolted, bolted with massive bolts into the crowd. You cannot tamper with these things. So, right. There's oxygen just, suffocation. So fires can't, you can't throw a lit item in. Right. There's a, there, there's a security box inside the larger box so that you can't put water into it to try to destroy the ballot. Like Neil Kelly designed right, the right. best drop boxes. Right. I don't, I can't verify that that is true all over the nation, but wow. Best Orange practices County here, for sure, for sure. Has incredible drop boxes. And, and then the mail, we have barcodes so that I get text notifications every step of the way for my ballot. That's right. And so if, if somebody steals your ballot somehow, you'll know. You can find that out. And you can go in and, and cancel out your ballot if you go and vote in person. 
And so the voter ID charter amendment is one that doesn't address those mail-in ballots at all because there's no right. identification that can be done with that process. That's right. Left- so, so that th- brings up my first question. So sure. it says may require voter identification for elections. Mm-hmm. So does that then extend that when you are voting in Huntington Beach for city council, you would have a separate ballot that was only in person? It, they would provide more in-person voting locations. But, you know, the Registrar of Voters has been incredibly accommodating when locations have said, we want to host an in-person location. Right. And and now we have more at the community colleges. Right. And, right. and one of the best things in my perception of the mail-in ballot switch is that you can vote anywhere mm-hmm. in the county. So many people don't work where they live in that precinct. And, you know, eons ago when I was a, 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 a voter, you know, a precinct worker on election day, I spent most of my time telling people they couldn't vote there because it wasn't their assigned precinct. And and we ran out of Xeroxed copies of the map to where their precinct probably was. Right, right. So the idea that you can vote at any vote center, that you can drop off your ballot anywhere, has really increased access and accessibility. And these measures would say that they would monitor drop boxes by the city, that they would, you know, kind of take a step back. And, and and I think it's really important to talk about, in particular, who we've increased access uh, for. Because you've incre- you talked about when you were a precinct worker, people didn't know their ballot box. So first-time voters, right. uh, irregular voters, people who didn't necessarily go to the same uh, high school gym or or church community center or even garage of the neighbors down the street back in the day. Right. right. They didn't know where they typically went because it, it, they didn't do it often. Second, um, working class folks. Right? Sure. Or full Hard thing to do is if you, you work job, in, you in San Clemente right? and, uh, or you work in Costa Mesa or Newport Beach and you get on the 55 freeway at 7 a.m. and you're driving down through the traffic and you get off at, you know, five, six o'clock and you're driving back. Right. You had to get to the polls between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. You may not get there on either side of that. Right. But now that you can vote anywhere in the county, it's fantastic. Right. If you, you go at lunch, you, you if you work, if you live up in, in, in Brea and you Work right. in Costa Mesa, you can go at lunch for 10 minutes, hop into a vote center, you can go on weekends. So it's expanded access to working class people. It's expanded access to students, right? Sure. Students who and, and the precinct that I worked anyway. at was at Cal State Fullerton, and yep. first-time voters were shocked that they couldn't vote at their college campus where they were residing in the dorms. And I said, but that's not your permanent address and you have to vote at the precinct that was assigned. And, right. and luckily right. that is now archaic and, and no right. longer a case. But it looks like Huntington Beach is trying to turn the clock backwards. And they 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 are. And I'll tell you this, they don't know exactly how it's going to work out. And it's one of the things as we'll talk as we talk a little bit about the litigation. One of the things they've said in defense is, oh, we don't know how we're going to implement this system 
but I'm but we we are sure we'll do it legally, which is there's a whole lot of problems with that statement. But right. that is part of their defense to keep it strategically vague um, so that they can't be challenged. Sure. But the reality is, I mean, they don't they don't know. And and as a practical matter, they can't really implement it. But but, to, but just to answer the question that you talked about, you know, what problem is it solving? It doesn't solve the fictional problem of mail and right. ballot they're dreaming up. And it doesn't solve the problem of in-person uh, impersonation is what right. the voter ID law would uh, address. And there is right. no case like that people know of. There's, there's, there's a couple of, of almost cases where somebody has gone to a, a voting location and said, uh, I'm, I'm Jody Balma and I'm here to vote and lying about it, right? right. Lee Fink said that I'm Jody Balma. And it's only come up in a couple of times and usually it's been, um, you know, Joe Smith and Joe Smith Jr. and the precinct worker uh, gets it wrong as to who it is. And right. part of the reason that it doesn't happen is you, you got to, to pull off that impersonation. You got to know a bunch of personal information about the voter. Right. You got to hope that they have not voted by mail already. Most right. people vote by mail. Right. Uh, well, and that, that was the example that I always gave in my class of. If you wanted to impersonate me, you would you would fail because, I, you know, if the ballot comes to my mailbox and I was voting permanent absentee ballot for decade, you know, as long as th that was allowed, I return it on February 11th. Like yeah. I've already done my homework. I have studied for this test. So if you walk in in person to the precinct at my children's elementary school, they know me. Right, right. So first, they're going to know you are not me. And second, they're going to say, I'm sorry, Miss Balma, you already returned your ballot three weeks ago. That's right. And and so, now, now with vote centers, you, you might not know. Right? You could try to walk into Santa sure. But you got to really know where Jody Balma lives. And right. And if you don't surrender voting, you your ballot at that vote center, if you don't take your mail ballot in, that is a provisional ballot that doesn't get counted until they cross-reference right. that you right. haven't voted somewhere else. So the, the 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 very infinitesimal chance that you could pull this off gets you one vote. That's right. And so now I don't mean to discount one vote. No, and it's still having, against the law. Having, and it's having, still against the law if you get caught. Right. And the chances of you getting caught are really, really high for not. The, the the most successful right. electoral fraud right. that you could possibly imagine. Because we have had a few close elections in Orange County. Sure. But um, uh, we haven't had a one vote margin. And um, well, Brea School Board had had a tie. You're, you're right. There was a tie in no. Brea. I was going to say I was going to say in, in Huntington Beach. Sure. Um, but there there was the one there there wasn't in, in uh, the, the the local school. It's board. tougher to it get the, the small have... margins are tougher. Yeah. When you have at-large elections, and you're risking a felony right arrest for a one-vote yeah. margin, um, it it and we're usually begging and, people to vote, and there's begging and there's, people to and vote. there's no history of it. And what's yeah. interesting is what we, um, you know, and and the research is there's just legions of research about this. So, right. um, um. 
there's a uh, law professor, Justin Levitt, at Loyola, uh, and he served for a, a, a brief time on voting rights in the Biden administration recently. But before that, he did a, a running study of voter fraud claims. And he found uh, that from tw- 2000 to 2014, there have been more than a billion, with a B, more than a billion ballots cast in the United States in the ele- elections over those times. And they uh, found that there were only 31 claims of in-person voter fraud. And most of those claims were either spurious, right? Not proven. Right. They were mix-ups like the John Smith Sr., John right. Smith Jr. Um, and so we don't have a problem that this measure is seeking to solve other than the problem that there's a political base that has been convinced of this idea. And and look, if if I mean, I don't know what, what to say. If you convince them, if you convince your po- political base that the sun is going to crash into the earth next week, you you better start doing right. to prevent that in, in some way, I guess. Sure. Well, sure. Here they've done that with voter ID. And, and that's the problem that it solves. It solves the political problem for them. And it will be, uh, you know, a basis that Michael Gates is, uh, you know, seeking political uh, approval for Tony Strickland. I think Tony Strickland had talked about this type of stuff when he was in the legislature the past time. It's a hobby horse in the Republican sure. Party. And it's not, it's just not true. And if we were dealing with facts, if we were dealing with facts, we could probably address a whole lot of issues about our elections. And, right. I, and I don't want to get off too far, but after the 2000 election, especially, you know, obviously in Florida, one of the things that came out from it was that our voting technology was sorely lacking nationwide. The punch card systems uh, that we had wasn't that people weren't trying. It's just that, you know, they they just don't work that well. Right. And, um, you know, apologies to your students who still take Scantron tests. Um, those were only a little bit better. Uh, right. And so we did. We didn't have a lot of agreement about a number of things, but Democrats and Republicans in about 2000, uh, I think it was 2002, passed the Help America Vote Act and created a whole stream of funding, created additional federal standards for uh, voting equipment. Voting equipment is also determined on a locality by locality basis. So in Orange County, our voting equipment is pretty good because uh, our tax stream is pretty decent. But if you go into low income areas, they have bad voting equipment and it's left in the hands of politicians who have to decide, am I going to put another cop on the street? Or am I going to put a better machine in the voting booth that I use right. every, every two years that a voter, a lot of voters only see every four years? Another teacher in the classroom or voting equipment? Right. Am I going to make a tax cut or voting equipment? So these are these are uncomfortable, bad political choices. So after 2000, the Florida election in 2000, we really addressed a lot of those things. We also addressed, we said, look, let's have a system to, to certify uh, and, and or validate the existence of a person. So you can't register Mickey Mouse to vote because they've got to be right. tied to a driver's license or a social security database. And we really, we we really did a lot to to 
improve the access to the system and yeah. make sure that the integrity issues were addressed. We need that again. That's the reality. We need an investment of funds to make sure that they're that we're using up-to-date technology, that yes. the communications from the vote centers are on more secure networks. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that, that we should be doing. But this is terrible showmanship that doesn't accomplish anything. Right. And and hypothetically, as I'm looking through what might be the implementation, could be incredibly costly. If well, you're talking about right. city elections being governed, but being implemented by the city itself, separate from the Orange County Registrar of Voters, you're talking about having a separate election. Right. And, and, and I don't know, your city clerk is not necessarily have any experience in elections. Right. You just don't right. have the manpower, you don't have the expertise. That's why cities have happily given that over to the Register of Voters. Well, and there's there's two things. One is uh, all of our there's there's still a few cities that run their own elections, but they give you're right. They've happily given it over. Huntington Beach is not one of those cities. It hasn't run its own election in a long time. But there's a second problem. Under the Huntington Beach Charter, those elections are at the same time as the, the general elections in November. So, and the problem with what this charter amendment would do is by uh, allowing the city to send in its people to check voter IDs, the registrar of voters is not going to allow that. Can't allow it by law. So the only way to actually implement this, and I don't know that they've even truly thought this through or not, or if it's just sort of red meat. The only way to implement it- It feels very much to me like the chanting of the House of Representatives Republicans for years of repeal and replace, repeal and replace. (laughs) Right. The Obamacare, Affordable Care Act, and then when they actually had the votes to do so, I I feel like, you know, they they were looking around and nobody had done their homework. Right. Well, they had been chanting this for seven years. right. Right. And no one had come up with the second half of the chant, which is, what do you replace it with? And so they didn't. And so this this reminds me very much of, you can chant all you want that an election was stolen, but this doesn't solve the problem, because the problem doesn't exist, but I don't even know how the implementation works. It's the dog that caught the car, for sure. Yeah. But there's a bigger problem, because the only way, the only way to actually implement this, if they were to do it, is to hold city elections separate from the county election. So now imagine imagine if you're a voter in Huntington Beach and you're going to vote, well, let's say it's 2026, you're going to go, go vote for governor of California, we'll have a new governor, and you want to vote for uh, U.S. Congress, and you want to vote for the Huntington Beach High School District Board of Trustees or the Ocean View School District Board of Trustees, all of those are on the general election ballot run by the Registrar of Voters, a statewide ballot. And then you have to go to a separate location to cast a different ballot for... Likely, likely only on election day. Right, 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 exactly. And 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 most people aren't aren't going to know, and and the legislature a few years back passed a law, and it might not apply to Huntington Beach, but the reason that they passed this law and said, look, 
if you don't have high voter turnout, you've got to move your elections to consolidate with right. the statewide elections because your turnout is embarrassing. The turnout That's in an election like that for the Huntington Beach City Council would be minimal. You know, it, it, it would be the people are, whose names on their ballot and the folks that they happen to tell. Right. Because most people are and and the reality is most people are mailing in their ballots. Most people have been mailing in their ballots. There's like 10 percent that vote in person. And it's bad, not just. For Democrats prior to the 20, it's bad for the conservative candidates in Huntington Beach prior to the 2020 election, Republicans dominated the absentee vote, the vote by mail in California. Uh, the old conventional wisdom was that Republican, that the first ballots reported were going to be skewed right. 10 points Republican um, because Republicans had done a fantastic job in California in signing up people to vote by mail. And Republicans would, for, for a host of reasons, conscientiousness, civic pride, because the party was, was on them, um, you know, the demographic was, you know, older and responsible. They get that ballot 28 days, days before the election. They put it in the mail 27 days before the election. And that ballot was counted. In 2018, the very first ballot report in Katie Porter's race had Mimi Walters up by 5.7 points. Yeah. By the end, Katie won that election by 4.5 points. So it was a 9.8 swing. Democrat, right. as they counted the the day of ballots and the in-person ballots and the late mail ballots. So it's bad for conservative candidates who wouldn't be able to mail in their ballots, but would have or, or would have mailed in their ballots early for their choice and then would have to go on Election Day. It's it is a, it is a it, it is an abomination and it's and it causes mass confusion. Down the line, too. Right. So if you're if you're in the, the the school districts or the water districts, people elections that that people are not necessarily paying close attention to, but are really, really important. Right. Um, people aren't are going to be confused. They're going to go to one place or another and not know right. if they've voted. So it, it creates uh, the implementation. The only possible implementation is this parallel system that just would not work. Right. Yeah. Los Angeles used to do their municipal elections on off year. And and I remember sort of laughing that any mayor of Los Angeles who got elected when turnout was, you know, 15 percent and they were getting maybe half of that. um, You know, suddenly they thought that they were a contender for presidential politics. And I'm like, you got seven percent of the vote. Right. Well, you know. And so they've moved to the, the, the even-yeared elections because it increases awareness of the elections, turnout goes up. Um, and, and so the, the idea that Huntington Beach would have parallel ballots would be disastrous to access and, 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 and democracy. And there are still some cities, and historically, for whatever reason, and I think it was, you know, there, there were reasons and views about this. But historically, city elections were at different times, like sure. they used to be. But and there's still a few cities that do that. But if you had, you know, it'd be one thing if Huntington Beach says we're going to have uh, April elections in odd numbered years and run right. our elections, right. like a few cities 
uh, Redondo Beach, Huntington uh, sure. Beach in the South Bay. Do that. Sure. That'd be one thing. But they're literally talking about running a parallel election at the same time as a general election. Uh, right. Statewide campaigns going on. I don't know how you even recruit election workers to actually staff those election precincts. It's an insane, insane right. idea. Yeah. And, and, and the Orange County Register of Voters has likely taken over the, the most, uh, you know, friendly locations to, for their voting course. centers that have parking available, that are open, all of those sorts of things that we expect to see in voting centers would you, already be open for the Orange County election. And you run into a, a couple other implementation problems, which is under the elections code and the charter amendment says this part of the elections code would still apply. You can register to vote, file a conditional voter registration when you go and vote at an election location. Right. But I don't think that the city clerk is authorized to accept the those, city clerk is um, not authorized reg registration. So right. you'd have to get an authorized election official in order to implement that. And you don't know if that person would be registering twice because maybe they did a conditional registration across town at the other. Right. You'd right. have to get a from the county registrar. I mean, just all the logistical problems, you know, from the yeah. county, registrar, the list of registered voters. You'd have to buy election equipment. It would be a huge right. endeavor um, to, to just buy the equipment that that can can validate, can count the ballots, can cast the ballots. Um, or, I mean, I, I suppose they're going to say, well, we'll do it all by hand. It turns out hand counting really is, at that scale, less reliable. People right. Count it. Humans are prone to more errors than the machine. Right. So right. I don't know how, how you're going to do that. Yeah. And it's illegal. <laughs> it's illegal. And it's illegal. Yeah. So, so clearly, the, the, the judge in the case just said, we're going to let it be on the ballot. We're not going to remove it without commenting on on the legality of it. So so now the, the challenge for voters in Huntington Beach is to vote against this, to make sure that it doesn't happen. Right. right. For all so, the reasons that we've talked about. There are three right. measures. Um, and so, you know, in my putting on a, a strategist hat, it seems like the flag measure is there to throw red meat to the, the conservative crowd that doesn't want um, flags flying on city flag poles so that people will vote yes on that and yes on all three. So am I correct to assume that the, the folks who are opposed to this are saying vote no on all three? Absolutely. And, and you know, we could, we could get into them. Obviously, the voter ID measure is terrible. The flag measure is, is terrible. And and it's obviously directed at the pride flag, but if you read it, the 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 measure that they have, it's a really dumb and kind of dangerous way of going about city government. It's it's baking into the charter something that says, well, the city council can agree to do something different if six of the seven of them agree, and that's that's really weird to build in into the charter. This weird supermajority for something yeah. is about flying which flags. Uh, to fly, but right. it is absolutely red meat thing. Now the third one, and and, is... and the other odd thing in, in in the flag 
is, you know, that it carves out an exception for the Olympic flag during the Summer Olympic Games, which I, I was like, oh, well, that is clearly top of mind because the Olympics are coming. Um, but right. We'll right. Quick, quickly thereafter, not be a measure at all. That, that Right. That be, I, you know, and it, it makes me wonder, like, well, can, can, can you fly the Olympic flag the year before the right. Olympics? Um, or, or every summer. Every summer you can fly the Olympic flag. And do the Winter Olympics apply? I mean, you know, I mean, you, yes, you, you, it, it, it is a, it is sort of a, but it's, I think it's just an example of how silly that measure is. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, it's there. And and the third measure, it's, it's funny. It came about because at some point folks were studying how sort of the budget and administrative process worked. And they said, well, we need to make some, some clerical revisions to the charter and the majority came up with a bunch of things and, and the minority members, uh, Dan Kalmick and Natalie Moser and Rhonda Bolton said, well, most of this was pretty much proposed in the 2022 elections and you guys all ran against this. Oh. And, <laughs> and, in, and in fairness, um, the folks who were opposed, there were a couple of charter amendments on the 2022 ballot, and the folks said, vote against all the charter amendments. And the third one, you know, it's probably inoffensive, but it's there's no reason to, to stray from that. If we could get away from just yeah. this sort of ideological and, and unnecessary, totally unnecessary, I mean, totally unnecessary for any of this, the uh, we could, you know, the, the city could adopt whatever sort of technical changes were necessary. But right, we, you know, the city of Huntington Beach is paying a whole bunch of money for a special election instead of just doing it in November. Right. Put on there this voter ID measure that doesn't solve any problem that's illegal. It put on this pride flag measure, even though they took the pride flag down. They not only want to take the pride flag down, but they want to make sure that their particular ideology prevails in perpetuity in Huntington Beach. Right. Um, and we, we, we just need to get past it. But I, I do want to say, because you, you said something, and I want to say um, the judge rejected the measure and uh, uh, our, our petition to keep it off the ballot. And so our best, best thing to do is vote against. It. And that's true. But the judge rejected the measure. Uh, our petition said, well, it hasn't even been passed by the voters. Now, we actually think that is not the correct ruling, but it doesn't mean that there's any substantive reason for the measure to be okay. The judge just didn't want to interfere. We still have active litigation where we're going to challenge that. And, and if it gets, if it does pass, we're going to keep litigating that because we think that charter uh, amendment for voter ID, uh, I actually counted up. I think there's five separate reasons why it's Ill illegal. <laughs> sure, sure. So, well, and, and, and we've seen judges do that before in California um, with initiatives that are blatantly unconstitutional. And the judge says, I don't want to interfere. I don't want to take away voters' rights. And then it is passed, often by a huge percentage. Right. right. And then courts rule that it is illegal, unconstitutional after. And I, I'm always frustrated by that because if something cannot be passed, it shouldn't be on the ballot. 
Right. And that's and and we tried to argue that. And in fact, the Supreme Court has on a number of times said that pre-election review of measures um, that are put to the ballot is appropriate in certain circumstances. Right. And we thought it was here. But you also know judges, judges are human beings. Sure. um, And and they sometimes are averse to getting in over their skis. We saw that in Santa Ana recently. Yeah. So the Santa Ana recall um, of Jesse Lopez. I don't want to stray from our Huntington Beach topic. I know. But the Santa Ana recall, they didn't get the signature needed to put the recall on the ballot. Right. And they they sort of botched that. And the city clerk botched that a little bit. The Red Star voters botched that a little bit. Then the Red Star voters figured it out, but it was left up to the city council to fix, and the city council didn't fix it. So somebody brought suit and said, this election should go forward. And the judge there said, well, this is a lot of interesting stuff. I can right. rule on this after the election and put it all off. Well, the recall failed pretty badly. And that case is now just sort of going to fade sure. away. Sure. It's, it's, it's an easy position for a judge to take, say, well, maybe the voters will get this right. And I don't have to. And I don't have to. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Um, that's where we are now. but. We're still pursuing, we're still going to pursue the case should the voters not intervene. Uh-huh. We got, and I don't know if you want to talk about this, but there are there are five separate reasons that the voter this voter ID measure is, is wrong. Yeah. Um, and that's, first, it's beyond the city's authority. The city doesn't have the authority to set up a voter ID law. The field of qualifying citizen voters is entirely preempted by the state elections code. Second, it violates the state constitution's uh, express right to vote. I think that's article, I think it's article two, section two. Third, it violates the due process uh, provisions of both the California and U.S. constitutions. Fourth, it violates the equal protection provisions of both the California and U.S. constitutions. And, And part of that is there is, people don't, understand this. But there's about 10, 11% of the public that doesn't have an ID. People right. Who don't, people who don't drive. Right. That's a lot. And those are s- students. You probably have a lot of students in college who don't drive. Right. Um, uh, seniors, uh, minorities, people who simply don't have access to cars. Um, there is also a cost to get a driver's license. You have to go and pay and you have to stand in line. Right. Um, and and there's a whole lot of people who don't realize this. 11, about 11 percent of the public doesn't have a driver's license, doesn't have a regular state ID. Right. And they're not required to really for any other purpose. And the reality is, um, for the most part, people don't need ID for everyday life. We're not in 1930s Germany. People aren't walking around saying papers, please. Right. And I think a lot of us live in sort of comfortable middle class. Uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, you could say privileged white life. Um, it affects the disability community as well. Because right. if you, you've got a number of disabilities, you're not driving, you're not getting voter IDs. Um, and so there's a whole, whole group of people. So it violates the equal protection provision. And then the fifth way it's illegal is kind of a funny way. I don't know if they passed the ordinance. On October 17th, they passed the measure. The mayor signed it. 
Uh, the city manager signed it, actually signed it twice. Somebody from the city op- attorney's office signed it. And then the city clerk attested to it and said it passed four votes to three and listed out the roll call vote. And they published the resolution that passed, and it didn't include the language for Charter Amendments 1 and 2. And I asked the city clerk for this information in November, a month later, and they said, well, here it is. No language for Charter Amendments 1 and 2. And then a couple days later, they said, oh, due to a clerical error, we didn't include this. And you look at it, it wasn't like, the pages were paginated, right? It's not like something just got left out. There was a they, you know, there was a new page five that was inserted. And there's no doubt there was a clerical error, but I don't know where the clerical error happened. Right. And once the city attorney signs something and the city manager signs it and the city uh, and the mayor signs it and the clerk says, this is the measure that passed. I don't think that a clerk can go back and say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Slightly different oh, measure. Very, very curious. Very curious. So, uh, you know. Um, you know, the reality is the evidence is that what the city passed, the evidence is on October 21 or October 17th, signed by the city clerk, they said they passed this measure. It doesn't actually have the charter uh-huh. line that you need in order to change the charter. And I don't think that a month later, the city clerk can just change that herself. Right. Right. No. The city council no, no. to take action. And, and look, heirs get made. But you can't just wave a wand and say, ignore what I signed before and what uh, four city officials signed as the right. official secret of the city. Because if you can do that a month later, can you do it right. a year later? You know, right. do that four years later, if we elect a new city clerk and the, who's who doesn't believe in a, this uh, nonsense yeah. charter amendment, can the new city clerk say, well, actually, here's the language that passed. I'm I'm certifying a different charter language. Yeah. Says everybody can vote twice, you know. <laughs> I, I think only, only if Huntington Beach opens up a, you know, Department of George Orwell's uh, historical inaccuracies. Absolutely. The Truth Bureau, yeah. Absolutely. So I hope, we don't have to talk about this again because the voters of Huntington Beach vote against all of these measures. Um, but but it's not over, even if it does pass, because there are so many problems with it. No, and, and, and that's right. And and it's a very basic proposition. You know, Huntington Beach has claimed, oh, because we're a charter city, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. And the problem is they claimed that a couple of times on <sighs> housing issues, for instance, and they've been slapped down by the, by right. the court. Um, and the legislature has adopted a really complete set of laws in the election codes that say very clearly, here's how you register to vote. And it's you do it in this way, and you can right. only do it with Secretary of State or your county registrar. City clerks are not involved in the process. And you have to do it consistent with what we talked about before, the Help America Vote Act guidelines. Right. And all you need to do is sign an affidavit attesting to your residency or citizenship. And then they have a set of laws that the legislature has passed says, this is how you vote. And you can't be forced to... Uh, right. If, if, you're, if you are challenged by a precinct worker, 
and only a precinct worker can challenge you. In, in something like 40 states, you can be challenged by somebody else. Right. In, in a lot of southern states, there are partisan challengers in the precincts who say, I object to that person voting. Only a, in California, only an official precinct worker can do that. Uh -huh. And the process is if you swear to it, uh, either if you put under oath or you spot, sign an affidavit, that's all the evidence that they are allowed right. to take. And that encompasses the entire field of legis legislation on the topic. And so a city, even a charter city, cannot come in and say, well, we're going to add requirements for how citizen voters are authenticated and qualified right. to vote. Because when it, it, it under under what's you know called preemption rules, and it, it happens on a federal level, it can also happen on state to cities. When the legislature um, encompasses the whole field of of law, that's it. You have to follow that, and right. it's not. It's because the issues that they're claiming to address are issues that are state issues. If they're talking about integrity of local elections, that's not just a Huntington Beach problem. Correct. That is a statewide problem. Right. And, and of course, we found there's no integrity problems with elections. But right. Only right. the state, the state has occupied that entire field and, and nobody else can, you know, the cities can't do that, even charter cities. Um, right. And it's... Well, and, and, and the problem. irony, of course, the irony in Orange County is that the biggest instances that hit the news were when the California Republican Party was putting fake ballot drop boxes that they labeled as official. Right. Um, right. You know, so so the, the the most recent attempt at at circumventing the, the the official system was from the California Republican Party and Michelle Steele's assistant put it on social media, you know, posing right. with a fake official Dropbox, and immediately the registrar of voters, immediately the district attorney, immediately the, 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 the system worked, which was that is not an official Dropbox, and you can't pretend that it is. So we, we come back to this, and, and you know, when you were talking about the number of people without um, a state driver's license or state identification, um, you know, all of these other states that have dealt with what counts as voter identification, you know, Texas wouldn't allow a student ID that had a photo and name, but they right. would allow a hunting license. And so Huntington Beach hasn't even thought through what constitutes voter identification. Well, so that and, becomes and, an issue, um, all of this. So hopefully Huntington Beach will vote against it. Hopefully Huntington Beach will vote against it. But it, you're, you're right, because that's a real, um, that presents a real problem. And the city keeps talking about in, in, in litigation, well, we haven't figured out how to implement. So right. only once we implement it, will it be subject to a legal challenge. Right. But the reality is a city is not like the, a state government or a federal government where it says, well, there's a power that the legislature can, can use or not. Right. Once you say the city may do it, the city manager can just do things right right the city council is both the executive slash administrative branch and the legislative branch and the city manager works for the council 
And if the city, if there is an authority that the city has, the city manager is authorized to use that authority mm-hmm. in however, in whatever way he sees fit, unless and until the council, either through direction, resolution, or ordinance, addresses that. So they keep saying, well, we don't know how it will be implemented, but we'll, we'll surely do it right. There does not have to be a notice and comment set of hearings. Right. There doesn't have to be regulations. There doesn't have to be an ordinance passed by the council. Right. We could get to the 20, if it's passed, we could get to November 2026, and the city manager says, okay, I've got the parks director in precinct A, and um, I've got uh, my staff right. in, in all these precincts, and they're just going to start checking IDs. Right. And because that's, they just have, he has just the authority to do. It is not like the state government where you say, well, the, the Constitution gives the legislature to the power to adopt a certain measure. And then the legislature says we're adopting the measure. And for implementation, we're having, you know, uh, the, the Parks Department do it or the Franchise Tax Board will collect the taxes or the Highway Patrol will enforce these laws. It is a unified government that once it, if it has the power, right. it can do it or it cannot do it, just depending on. And the danger of that, the danger of letting this play itself out is that you would then have an actual election. City council members would be elected to a four-year term under this possible voter suppression scheme of not allowing people to vote in the municipal election. And I I can imagine a judge saying, well, we'll fix it for the next one, but I can't invalidate the election based on this because we don't know who what the election results would would be we've seen elections with that right only in court and, and and i can tell you it's not impossible to remove city council members from office because i've done it but it's sure. hard it takes a long time it's very and, complicated and even process. longer yeah. because you would have to then a recall would be based on the election rules that happened in huntington right. beach right so it would be even more complicated and convoluted than we've seen in the past. So, yeah, yeah this just seems like, you know, hypothetically, Measure 3 doesn't look particularly offensive on its face, but it seems like it's a concentrated effort to muddy the waters to get Absolutely. people to start to, to to think about things. And instead, I really, I really hope that the Huntington Beach voters will vote against all three. Yeah, I, I think if you're in Huntington Beach, I think what you have, you've got to do, you've got to send the message that we're going to vote against this nonsense. We're going to stop it. Yeah. It's one thing if if you, Gracie Vandermark, disagree with Dan Kalmick on whatever issue. But we're not going to be, as voters and residents in the city of Huntington Beach, pawns in right a political game that's that's really designed to advance the political careers of certain people if right. you if you legitimately think that um uh there should be more cops enforcing more laws or um you just don't uh, you know there's there's a whole host of things that uh uh, you know, that cities could, I suppose, ideologically come to the conclusion of, I think most of it, really cities ought to just are, are performing services for their, for their residents. But if you really believe that. Right. Take um, my trash out, 
fix the fields that, right. that my kids play right. sports on. Uh, yeah. But, but if you are a, you know, if you have a real solid, small government, we're not going to help people uh, uh, do things and we're going to be a law and order crowd. Oh, oh, okay, fine. Sure. But all of this is just political theater that's not advancing right. anything. So I think the, the residents, wherever you fall on the spectrum, have got to say, look, we're going to stop this by, by voting against it these mm-hmm. measures and hopefully send a single stop just playing games right. with it you know right. library library checklists voter ids uh you know sanctuary city lawsuits right. all the stuff that that huntington beach has done to try to insert itself into sort of these political uh cultural arguments that right. really aren't about running the city if you've right. got those issues i mean look there's differences. People in this country, state, and city will have differences on immigration policy and on tax policy and on criminal justice policy. Let's fine. We we can have those discussions. Sure. But you know, voter IDs in the city aren't real, aren't legal, aren't right. solving any problems. And the, the old and and this frankly the same with banning the pride flag and making it impossible for anybody else to ever change that. It's time to just send the message. We're going to vote against these things until our representatives get the message that they got to stop doing that. And then hopefully if they don't do that, change the representatives um, in the future. Uh Uh Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I've learned a lot. I really appreciate it. Thanks Lee. Thank you, Jody. I really appreciate it too. (laughs) 